This is episode 342 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article is How Preparing for the End of the World Gets You Through Smaller Emergencies Too. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by my new ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. If you'd like to find out some more information about the ebook and also the Prepper website forums that comes along when you do purchase the ebook, you can go over to the show notes. I have a link to the prepperwebsitepodcast.com that'll take you right to the ebook page. Hey, I want to just uh, drop another shout out. You know, we recently asked uh, those of you that are listening listening on Stitcher if you would uh, leave a review on Stitcher, and uh, you guys are just uh, great, and so I, I really do appreciate it. So C. Uh, Stewart left a, left a review the other day, and it reads, This is one of my top three preparedness podcasts, and I listen to it daily. I learn something new on every episode. I am working my way through the older episodes and see that this has been great content since the beginning. Todd's commentary is excellent. It adds another layer of value to the information and knowledge being presented. If you are new to or seasoned in self-reliance, I highly recommend this podcast. So, uh, C. Stewart, I really appreciate you dropping that uh, that review. And again, I, re- I welcome all the reviews, guys, because when reviews are left, it helps other people that are wanting to come and and look into you know the podcast. Uh, it helps them to make an informed decision. And then it also helps the algorithms in uh, you know the way that iTunes serves up reviews and and I don't know if it if it helps Stitcher or not, but it definitely helps you know people to to see that hey this is a, a valuable podcast and so I really do appreciate it. It means a whole lot to me. Hey, not too long ago I talked about the Survival Hacks flashlight and uh, I mentioned how I was kind of kicking myself because if I would have. Uh, thought about it. I, I should have bought more because I gave one away to my son. Uh, you know, as he moved out and he was getting married and stuff, and you know they needed some some supplies. And I was just kind of kicking myself because it was such a great deal, and I wish I would have bought more at that time. So uh, anyway, I don't know if survival if the people over at Survival Hacks are you know listen to the podcast or not, but uh, I received an email today uh, letting me know that they would open up. The, the coupon code that uh, I ran or that they sent me before for the uh, for the flashlight and so uh, it's not as uh, powerful of a coupon code as before so I think before it was like uh, you know like 999 but this coupon code is almost just as good it's 1299 so after you uh, after you submit the code it, it brings down the price to like uh, twelve ninety nine, and so it takes eleven dollars off. So uh, when I got that, I went and tried it, and I bought two of them because I'm like, man, th- even at twelve ninety nine, that's a great price for the flashlight. It comes with a battery, it comes with uh, and the charger, and uh, I'm like, man, that is an excellent deal. I, I, you can't get that deal, uh, you know, anywhere else for that for that type of flashlight. It's a thousand lumen flashlight. So anyway, 
I'm saying all that. If you're interested in it, I updated the information on uh, on the uh, the website on the article that I did, and I have it in the show notes. Uh, if you want to go and check it out, and if you missed the first time around, uh, you can go ahead and purchase it now if you want. I don't make a lot of money off of it. It's more uh, the deal that I'm passing along to you know those that are, are, are listening to the listeners and uh, the readers of Prepper website. Uh, just because, I, like I said, uh, I have multiple uh, types of those flashlights, and uh, I just think it's a really great deal. So if you're interested in that, that's the Survival Hacks flashlight, and uh, the information is over at Ed That Matters. So uh, I'll link that in the show notes. All right, guys, this article that we are going to end the week off with is coming to us from theorganicprepper.com. And uh, it's a guest post, but it's a really good one. It's one um, that talks about, you know, uh, real life scenario and the lessons that were learned by it. And so as I was reading, you know, and, and making sure that, you know, I was, this was something that I wanted to, to read on uh, the podcast I was just, you know, again, I was taken back as like, man, this is, you know, this is good stuff. And you can almost kind of feel the panic that this person was going through while uh, you're reading it. And so hopefully it'll come out to you as well. But either way, there's some good lessons learned here and uh, good information. So uh, let's go ahead and start reading. Like I said, the title is How Prepping for the End of the World Gets You Through Small Smaller Emergencies Too. All right, so here we go. If you're like me, A lot of your prepping is for end-of-the-world events, but I recently learned how my post-apocalyptic plans can help with smaller emergencies too. One of my favorite books is One Second After. Not only was the story gripping, but it motivated me to transition from having some extra things for storms to hardcore prepping. While generally speaking, that is a good thing, the story motivated me to focus on serious SHTF events. The kind that would, in life as we know it, destroy society and make Mad Max look like a kindergarten storybook. While that is entertaining and good to prep for if all other bases are covered, it can actually be detrimental if more realistic bases are not covered. Even after I corrected my rookie mistake, two SHTF mini-editions led to several facepalm moments. One event was a serious windstorm that wrecked havoc, and the other was when our house was struck with lightning. I had not even considered prepping for the latter. I learned later that it's not that uncommon in our area, so guess what will be moving up my priority list? It was pretty eye-opening to see what preps worked, what didn't, and where the gaps were from these too many experiences. If we ever do face the apocalypse, The lessons learned from these little challenges will be magnified a thousandfold, and that is a sobering thought. On a positive side, our preps were also pretty multifunctional. While we may have gotten our supplies for a particular emergency, they were utilized well for ones we weren't even thinking of at the time of purchase. So, if you are like I used to be and have focused on Armageddon, or you just get stuck in an event you didn't consider, all is far from lost. Alright, so here's the storm. Thanks to modern weather reports, I knew the storm was going to come through, and I felt pretty prepared. But I had not appreciated the intensity of the storm, nor its impact. It came on so fast and strong, and everything seemed to go sideways at the same moment. The wind seemed like a living creature with its strength and howling, a really pissed creature. 
As my dogs began to whine and huddle under the table, I looked outside to our deck for my first oh crap moment. Our cast iron deck furniture, which is very heavy and has always remained in place, was being dragged and flipped as if by an invisible tantrum toddler. Running outside, I prayed I could get the chairs inside and the table secured before one of the pieces went through our windows. Having just had surgery on my feet, this wasn't an easy task, and as I tried to secure the table, my plans went awry. I pulled the table to a more sheltered area, and once there, I tried to flip it so the top was down and legs were up. Less surface area for the wind to grab and drag. But while I was flipping this monster table, the wind saw its chance and attacked it at just the right moment, yanking it from my hands and slamming it onto my recovering feet. Tears fell and some not-so-southern lady words were absorbed into the wind as I limped along to finish the job. The pain and frustration brought my husband to my mind. I wondered if he was traveling home and if he was okay, and I wished he was there. Once back inside, I barely had time to wipe my eyes before the power went out with a blink. Just like that, almost immediately my children began emergency with cries of, The internet is down. To them, it was now an emergency. While deflecting a thousand variants of how long will it be down, I evaluated the flying tree limbs outside, the torrential rain now coming down, and I ran through the next steps in my mind. Thank God we have a generator. I had just had maintenance check done, and it did its job and kicked in at the moment. But I didn't know how long this outage would last or how much fuel we were starting with. The last fill-up was a while back. I realized I would need to be careful about conserving fuel. Praying I would find it working, I went first to our fridge, the one that holds my son's insulin. Thankfully, it was humming along. Then, limping and biting back curses, I went through the rest of the house and checked freezers, water pumps, other fridges, lights, heat, etc. to confirm everything that was supposed to be working actually was. The items that were hooked up were on track, except for the internet. Our system was down, and I had no idea why. Again, I wished for and worried about my husband. Electronics were his expertise. In the back of my mind, I wondered how I would be able to assess how bad things were in the neighborhood and beyond, but it had to wait. I also had noted that not all the things I thought were hooked to the Ginny actually were. Surprise. Several areas, including the bathroom on the main floor, had no lights, for example. I had a tub of flashlights and batteries, but the batteries were not installed. So I lit some candles and began assembling for each person. Now, all this was in about 30 to 45 minutes from the start, and the dogs were still whining in fear and the kids in frustration. Then the things I'd never even considered happened. As I was putting batteries in, I noticed the doors from the deck into our kitchen were bowing in with every howling wind gust as if being hit by a battering ram. With each attack, I could see a gap growing in the middle of the French doors and it was obvious that they would burst open at any moment letting the wind, rain, and debris run roughshod through our kitchen. I stared at them for a second a bit dumbfounded. That possibility had never occurred to me to prep for. What do I do? The battering ram image struck in my mind, and I thought it's a force just like an invader. Aha. I limped to my supply closet and got the master locks purchased for extra security in the event of an apocalyptic meltdown. 
Of course, I had to unpack them and read the instructions while once again praying that the next gust wouldn't burst open the doors. Fortunately, my ability to read, unpack, and install was fast enough to get them in place in time. The kids began wandering around searching for signal by stretching their phones into every nook and cranny. Their loud complaints followed me as I returned to the flashlights. Once done, I rounded the house checking doors and windows. Coming back upstairs, my daughter informed me that she had sporadic signal near one window and that the entire neighborhood, in fact most of the county, was without power. She said the roads into our neighborhood are flooding in place and she worried and asked would daddy make it home. Reassuring her that we would be fine and daddy would be too, I started a fire. As I built the fire, my multi-leveled thoughts focused. Getting emergency help will become difficult if the roads continue to flood or if trees block them. I knew my youngest son's EpiPen, Benadryl, a stash of prednisone, and nebulizer were in the cabinet. Same with my oldest son's Glucagon, CakeMate, and backup diabetic supplies. But I went back to look at them again anyway. The sight comforted me a bit before a moment of loneliness set in. In all my prepping, I never really thought I would be alone if anything happened, at least not for long. When would my husband get home? What if he couldn't get through the roads? I had been a single mom for several years, but in our almost 11 years of marriage, I had come to rely on his presence to shoulder life together. It was an adjustment to not have him. The moment of reflection was interrupted with a violent crashing sound. My son and I ran to the window to a site I never considered in any situation. We had just had my greenhouse built, a dream I had nurtured for over 20 years. But there was still a lot of construction byproducts laying around, including a rather full porta potty. This green demon had tipped into the wind. It was now on a hill overlooking my greenhouse, with its windows still nearly glinting as if an invitation. And with each screaming burst of wind, it threatened to give in to gravity and hurtle through them. Running outside to assess the options, I stood there like a crazy Medusa as the wind twisted my hair in a whirling mess, horror twisting my face as I pictured this giant toilet careening through the glass of my beautiful greenhouse. The vision of the aftermath was enough to kick me into action. Not without a fight, I thought, as I tried to figure out a solution. I had purchased bungee cords to strap things into or on our on our car. Maybe I could use those to hold the big green toilet in place. Rushing inside, I grabbed them and hollered to my son to help me. We fought through the rain and wind to lash the monster to my wood rack, heavy with firewood. My son looked to me for instructions as I was trying to figure it out myself, but we got it done. I hoped the cords of wood would be heavy enough to hold. The big green potty was still moving from side to side under the wind's lashing, but it was no longer moving down the hill. Together, my son and I leaned against the side and shoved. What the wind could do with one gust, we struggled with our entire strength. A few inches of angle were achieved, though, an angle, I hoped, would direct the mass of nasty away from the greenhouse if my efforts failed. And still, dinner had to get made. Re-entering the house, I fell into a chair, surprised at just how exhausted I was and how significantly my throbbing and painful feet had swollen. But I needed to get dinner started, and I still wanted to make sure we had we and the dogs, bunnies, had enough water just in case the Jenny goes out for some reason or we needed to turn it off to conserve fuel. 
I could already see several things that I wish I had done differently, but having the electrician teach me how to turn on and off the Jenny manually was time well spent. I could turn it off if hubby was stranded and things went too long and fuel ran too low. Hauling myself up, I noticed my son leisurely standing at the open fridge evaluating a snack. With an edge, I told him the fridge door must stay shut unless he knew what he wants. Get in and get out. We had electricity for now, but that could change. I didn't tell him that the insulin he needed was what was mostly on my mind. He shut the door, but not before I caught the hurt in his eyes. Sighing, I got dinner on, and as as it cooked, I dragged myself to the little spot where the signal was hit and missed. For a moment, I could access Facebook and the news. I was shocked at what I learned in those moments and the ones to follow over the week. It had only been a few hours since the storm hit and the power went out. Already many of our neighbors were getting uncomfortably cold. Temps weren't freezing outside, but the wind was making it feel way below, and panic was setting in. Posts on social media were prevalent about how they and the children were cold. No wood for the fireplace. There are no lights and it's dark now without power. Cooking is a challenge with no microwave or oven and not much in the pantry. Soon people started posting about not having water. The pumps don't work. I tried to tell them how to drain the lines for water, but you could feel the annoyance because they just wanted the water to flow. When it was over, several got generators and extra supplies, but several didn't. They worry me the most now. As I was reading and advising where I could, my husband came in the door. It hit me just how worried I had been and how much stress I was carrying as I felt the relief relax my shoulders and I limped as fast as I could into his arms. As he held me, he told of how one way into our neighborhood was blocked by trees and the other flooded just as he crossed. For a while, it will be just us. And the saga continued for a week. The next day, around noon, one road was cleared, but it would be almost a week before we got power back. A few hours after the road was cleared, most of our neighbors without generators abandoned their homes for hotels, family, or friends. They didn't have the supplies, knowledge, or patience to handle the change. Even when opportunities were offered to meet the, meet needs themselves with explanations of how to run a Mr. Buddy and the loan of one, the ability to go out and resupply, etc., the preference was hotels. Only a day after the start, most had to drive an hour away because closer ones were already full. This caused great stress, anger, and frustration. Some tried to save food by filling coolers from their freezers and taking them to family freezers. One ended up having to move again when the family member lost power. Others just accepted the loss. The ones that stayed with friends often found the friends got tired of them after a day or so and they had to move on, at which point there was no hotels available. Social media posts about the shock and frustration were frequent. The ones who stayed, some had generators, a few opened their homes, and a couple of families stayed with them. Some didn't open their doors and they stayed pretty quiet. And the ones who didn't have generators and stayed, they suffered. They either went to neighbors' homes to shower or went without for the week. They either searched quickly, emptying stores for water, got it from their neighbors, or severely rationed. One spoke later of huddling with the entire family under blankets around a propane fireplace that they struggled to light without the electric starter. Not much warmth, but some. 
people were getting more and more frustrated, angry, and miserable. And in just that one week's time, security became an issue. An unknown person took a hammer to a neighbor's gator utility vehicle that was in the driveway, busting out the window of the enclosed cab and destroying a doorframe. It seemed to just be an act of destruction since nothing of value was inside or even appeared to have been sought. I was glad for the deterrent effect outside lights that the Jenny provide, but also seriously aware of just how those lights shone like a beacon in a very dark neighborhood where most didn't have them. I noticed the same thing with the sound. My propane generator is quieter, but when things go quiet, there is a different standard of loud. Running it would be obvious if things got really bad. For us, after the first day, it was much better. My bungee cord and master lock solutions worked, thank goodness. My husband discovered that the internet system was plugged into an outlet the Jenny didn't cover, and one extension cord, and we were back in service. We had all the necessities to such a point that when the power did get restored, the kids didn't even realize it. Nothing of substance had changed for them once the internet was back. Using flashlights in part of the house at night was not a big deal in their world. I felt a great sense of satisfaction that during the week my family was safe, warm, fed, and comfortable. But the rest of the week, I also maintained an underlying worry or an awareness. Everything depended on the generator and the fuel. I found myself constantly listening to confirm it was running smoothly. And I was absolutely shocked at how wrong my fuel calculations were. We used fuel at a much faster pace than I had thought we would and the knowledge dramatically impacted our plans for any future events. A good thing, I believe. So here's what we learned. I imagine you don't need me to point out the lessons, but just in case. In every minor SHTF event, stress goes through the roof. I had to deal with fallout that I wasn't ready for. I didn't go, it didn't go as planned, and it stressed dogs, kids without electronics, and worries about their father. And in that, I had an injury. Add in that even simple things like adding batteries or reading directions, unpacking a tool, takes a lot longer to think of, find, and implement than you think it will. And other things go wrong while you are trying. Personally, I began making sure I had the most likely needs ready and I know how to use them so next time I don't have to spend time and emotional bandwidth on that part. Stuff like having flashlights or oil lamps ready, Mr. Buddy should be set up, knowing how to use tools beforehand can make a difference. There are concerns about family members that are somewhere else such as my husband and fear of being cut off from services. My children's medical needs were always in the back of my mind. Even during the part of the week that was calmer and we were comfortable, the stress stay elevated. Until normalcy is restored, everything next is still unknown and the routine is off. Plus, preps may not have been tested for the long haul, which can elevate uncertainty and anxiety. For example, the generator. During the event, I learned of a neighbor's Jenny blowing the engine, which scared me about mine. Realizing that the propane was going much faster than I had calculated and not knowing how long the outage would last added to it. Physical strength is important. I mean, who knew crap was so heavy and I would need to shove a big green monster load of it. But the mental strength can also 
not be overstated because it is constantly being relied upon for all the above. Prepping your kids is vital. When they don't know how to conserve or do basic things, it is much harder. My kids were stressed without electronics and with my intense instruction to conserve resources. If we had talked about this beforehand, it would have been less stressful. Later we did, and later a simple tornado scare tested the theory successfully. That's a story for another day. And guys, I'll say that, you know, some people in the comment section were saying like, uh, you know, your kids should have had jobs and they should have, you know, as soon as things started happening, you should have, and you know, they should have kicked into gear. And that's all well and said, but sometimes the kids aren't uh, completely on board. And sometimes you're just, you know, it's like it's in the back of your mind and you're going to get around to it. Right. Uh, And you just, you just never do. But uh, she did respond in the comments that they did eventually, you know, they they did settle down and they did uh, have like a family meeting and they talked about it. And so now they they do, they will be a little bit more prepared, uh, at least the kids will, when something like this goes down. And so, you know, there's always that learning experience. There's always tweaking. It's very easy to be on this side and say, oh, you should have done this, this and this and this. But, you know, hey, she she weathered it a lot better, right, than than the other people in her neighborhood. And so, uh, you know, the kid issue, that's always going to be a thing. Uh, so, you know, we can't involve our kids and we should let them know that there is going to be, you know, there, if, if the poop hit the fan, there are things that they're going to need to kick in. It's not going to be, hey, sit on your on your game while everybody is is getting ready for the poop hitting the fan that everyone is contributing. And so you do need to have those conversations with them. And uh, I mean, you know your kids best and the way that they would be able to respond the best. And so uh, you need to, you know, tackle it from that point of view. All right, so let's go ahead and continue moving on. When no one can get to you, you have to think of other solutions. We could call out for help, but the storm had knocked trees across the roads and caused flooding all over the county. Until that was clean, cleaned and cleared, no one was getting to us. There is a shift in the mindset that has to take place so you can solve the problems instead of staring at them. Even in minor situations, we had problems come in ways I never anticipated. Who would anticipate a green monster potty attack? Doors being blown in? Okay, maybe that one could have been foreseen by some, but not me. It had never happened before. Thinking of common sense as to how to deal with these problems can help. If you don't clearly know an answer, you can still come up with one that works. There was probably a better answer than using bungee cords, but it saved my greenhouse. There was probably a better answer than the master locks, but that saved my doors. Just don't sit and stare hoping it magically gets fixed. Don't just decide to wait for help that might not make it in time. If you come up with an idea that fails, it's still a win because you at least went down with a fight. You need tools, preferably those that are multifunctional. And notice I didn't say the right tools. Yes, the right tools for the right job is ideal, but in our many SHTF situations, there were challenges for which there was no right tools. Things like bungee cords, duct tape, tarps, plywood, and nails can be used for a multitude of situations expected and not. Having the right tools sometimes isn't even what you originally planned the tools for. Like the bungee cords I originally thought were for strapping stuff to a car which ended up the savior from mass fertilization or the master lock that saved the doors from an invisible battering ram. Our preps can have surprising benefits. 
It gets cold fast. When our neighborhood lost power, people were very uncomfortable in a matter of hours and it wasn't even freezing outside. Our neighborhood tends to have well-built and well-insulated homes. Don't underestimate how quickly this can happen and how uncomfortable it can be. There is no shame in a short-term bug out. Sometimes it makes more sense to leave temporarily than suffer. Having a plan, either hotel, friends, or family is wise. It is a good idea to think of when you would need to leave beyond the obvious times when you are told to do so. And then she gives a couple of things here, uh, just ideas and information. Uh, For these situations, have hotel information, family plans, or friends that will be happy to house you. Also, know in advance how long your welcome would be. Make sure you have options in several different driving directions and distances in case roads are blocked or places are booked. They fill up shockingly fast, as in within hours. Have this already printed out and saved in an accessible location because internet or cell coverage may not be available to look it up when needed. Again, everything already done reduces the stress. See number one, that will come. Make sure if you have pets that they are pet friendly and you have leashes, crates, food, poopy bags, etc. in a bug out bag for them. Put a copy in the car so it's always available. And finally, have a budget for these emergencies. Bugging out temporarily will cost money for hotel, food, gas, etc. If possible, have these funds in cash in case the places you go is also having some power issues and cash is the only thing accepted. However, this budget has to be prioritized with other financial needs up in emergencies so that this will be very dependent on each person's unique situation. Security was a bigger issue and faster than I anticipated. People will look for resources and get stressed about 12 hours after the event. Neighbors ran out of water 14 hours after loss of electricity. Tensions began to run high, and while there was no aggression between neighbors, it wasn't hard to see how that could happen had hotels not been found or the situation had continued. Our one neighbor had the gator attack with a hammer just a few days after the power went out, and that is after one road was cleared and police were in full force. Imagine if it was different. I have read about this, but was surprised nonetheless with the reality. A generator is noisy and lights are bright. You don't notice so much when there is background noise and lights from other sources, but when everyone loses power, that is very different. Something to keep in mind if ever in a situation that lasts longer than a week and have plans for how to meet needs without that generator. And fuel for the generators may not go nearly as far as you think. So while I love them and do my best to preserve function, it is still pretty wise to have backups to the things that really matter. Maintenance is critical. Life without any electricity would totally suck. When possible, generators rule. However, maintenance is critical. Get the oil changed, battery checked, etc. Otherwise, you end up like our neighbors with a blown engine. Be sure to have maintenance done on a system that is important like getting septic pumped, weather stripping is done, well water is tested, etc. while you can. Communication is far more important than we realize. When the power was out, it was pretty comforting to still be able to use social sites to find out what our neighbors were up to, when they were getting things fixed and weirdness in the neighborhood, etc. 
For me, I am much more comfortable if I know where and what a threat is, even if it's bad, than sitting around clueless. Maps are also important. Just in this mini situation, my husband would have found a map potentially useful to find another way into our neighborhood if he had to. Then test runs are invaluable. It would have been better had we confirmed what my generator was and was not hooked up to prior to needing it. Knowing how long full propane tanks would last accurately would have gone a long way as well. I also learned that in good times of disaster, meaning roads are clear but lots of folks need fuel, it can take a 5-7 to day window to get more fuel. That means that now I make sure the tanks are full before a storm and the next time a longer term outage happens, I will be routinely checking levels to conserve enough to get us through the 5-7 to day refill window or more based on the situation. And again, because it can be o- can't be overstated, having backup cooling for meds, canned food, water sources, heat, etc. that is not electricity and generator dependent is extremely important just in case. So finally, it wasn't all bad. Even though we had internet, there was still enough sense of difference where we played more games and talked more, which was very nice. And the satisfaction that my family was warm, fed, and safe made everything worth all the sacrifices to do so. Hope you find this helpful and keep prepping. All right, guys. So there, I mean, you'll you'll understand why uh, I thought that this was valuable. I mean, just the you know the lessons there, and uh, you know, uh, reading someone or listening to someone go through. Um, you know, a situation and then, uh, you know, how they processed and how they, you know, went about doing things. You know, there's definitely some people that if they would have encountered a situation like that, um, you know, they might not have uh, locked those doors or, you know, they might not have known to to do some of those other things. You know, uh, somebody told her she was crazy for going outside to save her greenhouse, but because, well, because there could have been flying debris, you know, or flying around and all that kind of stuff. And I completely understand that, but I completely understand, you know, having all this money and and spending it on something like a greenhouse and then, you know, it, it could just completely be destroyed because of something like, you know, a porta potty and and who wouldn't want to go out there and try to secure it as much as possible. I mean, who wants porta potty stuff, you know, who wants crap all over their their, their greenhouse? And so anyway, uh, can't even imagine what kind of cleanup that would have been. So I kind of understand that, and I probably would have done the very same thing, gone out there and to figure out what I would have been able to do uh, to save my greenhouse. So, um, you know, sometimes, like I said earlier, people see things and, and on the other side of it are, are easy to uh, critique it and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, you know, there's a lot of lessons here. A lot of things were going on. Um, you know, the thing that I hope you caught, you know, in this is that, you know, she has some uh, medically fragile kids, you know, with uh, that are diabetic and some other things going on there. So for her, the, you know, the it, it's very, very important to be able to keep insulin uh, cool and to, uh, you know, to have the generator that kicks in automatically to where they can, you know, keep the refrigerator going. And so uh, she talked a little bit here at the end about having non-electric ways of, of handling this. And so I think that's very important, you know, and that's something that, you know, she's probably already looked into because it's something that is a concern for her. But, uh, you know, there's always something there. 
And uh, knowing that there was neighbors who were huddled around a little propane heater, you know, in, in a bunch of blankets, and they had a bunch of blankets or whatever. I mean, come on, you know, uh, and people who ran out of water and, and very quickly. And, you know, so a lot of lessons here. So if you are new to preparedness or even if you are experienced, I hope that you picked up on some of these things and maybe, you know, you're thinking through some of your preps and like, okay, if that was me or if something like this happened to me, you know, how would I do it? How would I, how would I have fared? Oh, uh, you know, what, what would have been my situation? What kind of things would I have been dealing with if the wind was going uh, crazy like that? So, uh, guys, that is uh, over at theorganicprepper.com. And uh, a good one if you want to uh, go check it out and uh, and read this one maybe a little bit more slowly. And then, uh, you know, I don't know, take some notes on your on your own or maybe go read the comments and, uh, you know, participate that way as well. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 342 and another week of podcast episodes in the books. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with me this week. Hey, and if you are new or you are not subscribed, don't forget that you can come over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and you can subscribe to the show uh, over there. And we have tons of ways for you to to subscribe. And like I said earlier in the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, there, you know, there are just so many different ways, uh, podcast networks that you can connect to and, uh, you know, to, to get the podcast. So if you're, if you're finding us and listen to it online, you can make sure that you take it with you on your phone or on your device. And that way you never miss another episode of sweet prepper goodness. Hey, and during the weekend, if you decide that you need a little bit more preparedness, uh, information. Don't forget to come on over to Prepper website. Uh, you know, Prepper website. We post somewhere between eight to twelve articles every single day, including the weekends, twenty four seven. And we we post the best of the best articles. And there's no way that I can get to all those articles and and read them here on the podcast. So if you're looking for some more, uh, you know, some more uh, preparedness information, uh, you know, that's the place to go. You'll find all the great stuff there, all the latest uh, preparedness articles there linked, and we make it very, very easy for you. And then if there are some specific um you know, subjects that you're looking for. Like uh, we have specific pages on the on the website that are just dedicated to like, for instance, alternative news, conspiracy theories, DIY, uh, frugal living, you know, and so we just alternative. Uh, I think I said alternative news already. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of good stuff there uh, over at Prepper website. And so, uh, again, go check that out. And, uh, you know, if you if you have any any questions about preparedness, you know, that you read over at Prepper website or some other articles or whatever, you can always come over to the Facebook group and you can post it in there. We've got a great group of people, a lot of wisdom there. Uh, I love it when people ask questions because, you know, I've been in some groups where you ask a question and then you get all the sarcastic remarks and people just making fun of you and, and all that kind of stuff. And like, I'm like, man, you know, th- there's people out there that are brand new to preparedness that really need to know this stuff. And uh, I just hated that, you know, they weren't my groups and, and, uh, you know, I, so I, I didn't ever get in there and, and deal with that, uh, that way. But in the prepper website, Facebook group, um, I determined that that wasn't going to happen. And so if anybody was going to do that, they're going to get kicked out, you know, and I think I've done that once. 
in in the the year and uh, a few months that we have had it uh, going. I've only kicked one person out because it just they they were they were rude. But for the most part, everybody else is really really nice, and uh, they are and not for the most part. It's very true. Everyone is very nice, and uh, they are very willing to help and provide advice. We have people from all over, uh, you know, the country, all over the world, actually, um, with all di- varying uh, ideas and advice, you know, different expertise that they're able to provide. And so um, I, I think it's just a really great place to be and go hang out. And so if you're not a part of the Facebook group, you can come, uh, you know, there is a, a link in the show notes. And you can go straight over there and, uh, you know, uh, join it. And we'd love to have you over there. And don't forget, I also have a ton of ways to connect with me on social media, you know, in the show notes as well. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.